All right, welcome to uh, Boulevard Bible Chapel. If you don't know who I am, sorry, I'm anti-social tonight. I didn't introduce myself while you guys are hanging out. We're practicing, and then you guys have the game and stuff. But my name's Jason. Uh, I've been coming here for about 13 years. But I'm going to be talking about tonight um, fellowship. And uh, just the timing of this message was pretty interesting because um, the date was changed originally because I had to work uh, last Friday. And then... We changed it from Friday night to Saturday for our guests for tonight. Um, so, uh, and now you guys are fellowshipping with us, which is going to be the topic for tonight, which is perfect. And uh, I feel like someone in here needs to hear this message and feel like it's practical. Uh, you guys can use it in your lives. Um, and it definitely has helped me out. Um, go ahead and turn to First John. <clears throat> Just a little bit about myself. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I got saved when I was 13, but didn't really walk with the Lord um, until I rededicated my life around the age of 22, which is, that's a long time span to not walk with the Lord and kind of waste um, precious time with the Lord, you know. Um, <clears throat> but um, I feel like I'm a clear case of how fellowship with the saints has brought me back to the Lord. Um, through the men that have discipled me in this chapel, um, through... Uh, the accountability of friends, which is a big thing uh, for me, and uh, my friends can attest to that. Uh, and through the fellowship with friends that has, uh, as examples, shown me the better way to, uh, to walk in the light rather than darkness. So um, that's going to be one of the main topics in this uh, one, uh, chapter one, um, light, darkness, and fellowship, and um, um, fellowship with the world, fellowship with each other, and uh, fellowship with Christ. I need a bigger podium here. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's see. You know, I was, um, before I was 22, I had uh, I was had a worldly friends, went to high school, had a, a bunch of friends from there. Um, I did come to chapel. I did come on Sundays. I did come to youth group. Um, but I, I would be here and gone. You know how some people, uh, they say, <clears throat> um, you know how like the Lord hates people who are lukewarm in Revelation 3. He talks about that. But I was like I was like the water that was boiling that had like a cover on it. And all you saw was a steam. You know, I was here and I was gone. Um, I didn't fellowship. I didn't really have any friends from here because I just didn't want to. I didn't have the, the urge to. I didn't want to um, um, be with the people. There could be other reasons why, but um, it's never inexcusable that there's trials in your life that uh, cause you to be a certain way. But... Um, but that was the case, and it was my time. It's, it's my personal relationship with the Lord that was hurting, not anyone else's. So that's what this has been on my heart, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. So we're going to go ahead and read First um, John 1 and uh, just all the verses. Everyone has a Bible? All right, cool. Um, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled Concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you uh, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, and that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Lord. Uh, sorry, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full, 
This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So John writes this letter because he's looking out for his people. You know, he's looking out for believers and this message is mainly to believers um, <clears throat> and, and to put us back on track. Um, in uh, verse one, I'm gonna read it again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. John experienced the word of life, which was Jesus Christ. He personally heard, touched, experienced Jesus Christ in his walk on earth. And in verse 2, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you eternal life, which was the Father, and was manifested to us. And here, he reiterates what he said in verse 1, but then he goes and says that Jesus came to this earth um, or God sent uh, Jesus to this earth and manifested as a man, and he again declares that he, um, he was with him um, here on earth. <clears throat> In verse 3, that's what we have seen and heard. We declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And here, you know, it, it he explains that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so you have fellowship with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, first, and then you have fellowship with each other as Christians. Um, and in verse 4, uh, actually, first, um, from verse 1 through verse 4, there's three words that come up. Uh, us, we, and our. And that's a collective, collective words for a group of people. And so, you know, you're not alone in this walk um, with Christ. You have, our, you have a group, you have Christians, you have other believers that can uh, keep you accountable and, and assist you in your walk with the Lord. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and read, I mean, there's about 13 times in the four verses that he talks about. In verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, uh, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we, we have seen, bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us, and so on. And so in verse 4, it says, In these things we write to you, that your joy may, may be full. And um, in my translation, it says, your joy. Uh, does anybody else have another translation? Our joy. Right, so in the manuscript, it's, it's one or the other, but it, it kind of works well um, in the context um, because one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know, is joy. Um, and then joy is like a state of being, like, like sin is a state of being, but sinners are people. Sinning is the action, but, but we are born into sin. It's like, a, you know, and then we're, um, uh, and then joy is a state of being. Like we don't tell people, hey, joyful birthday, you know, you tell them happy birthday, right? So happy is, uh, is a feeling, but joy is a state of being. Um, and your true joy is what comes from our continued relationship, uh, fellowship with Christ. And it's not sporadic or patchy. 
And what I mean by patchy is like when, you know, when something, when you get a cut, you patch it up with, with a Band-Aid, right? Or whatever, whatever else you guys use. Um, but if, if we only come to him when we're in trouble and we want to patch up our Christ with his forgiveness, we kind of abuse his grace. Um, does somebody want to read Romans 6, 1 and 2? Should I pick on someone? JJ, you got it? Yeah, one and two. Thank you. So how can we know what sin is and continue to do it? And in a sense, we probably don't do it on purpose, but we are abusing God's grace. Um, but for the joy that we have and the joy that we need, you know, we must abide in him. I'm just going to go ahead and turn to John 15:9 real quick. All right, John 59 through uh, 11. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So if we abide in him, our joy would essentially be full, according to his words that he just spoke. And in uh, another translation, it says, our joy. Um, so as John writes and he says that our joy, his joy, might be full, is that uh, John's, uh, John wants to see believers in fellowship with him and, and with, with God. Seeing someone going on for the Lord is a beautiful thing, but when you see someone, um, someone dying spiritually, you know, it hurts. Um, we had some situations in our church where you put people out of fellowship uh, for, for certain reasons, and, and when on Sunday morning when the announcement um, is put out, um, people who are in fellowship, you know, stay in here and they, and they listen to uh, the news um, and it's very somber, but you look around and people are crying because they hurt for these people, for the people who are dying spiritually um, that are among us that we saw uh, essentially um, our brothers and sisters, um, you know. So um, let me go to the first five. This is a message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, perfect, holy, and true. Uh, in him is no darkness at all, and we should, uh, we should want to walk as he walks. In 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, it says, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy... Be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. So we should want to strive to be holy just as he was um, because God is light and we should not want to walk in darkness and try to mimic the Lord as uh, best as we can. If we, uh, verse 6, sorry if I'm saying uh a lot. All right. <laughs> if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed us from all sin. Did I skip a verse? I think I skipped the whole line. Verse 6 again. Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with him 
and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Um, if we were living two lives and sinning on top of whatever else we were doing, uh, whatever else we're breaking against Christ, according to this verse, we we're lying by walking in darkness. So it's just like a double whammy. You know, you're sinning and you're lying because you're walking in darkness. Um, because, um, because we say that we have fellowship with God. Um, darkness and light is an environment. Would you agree? Like, it's an environment. Darkness is, when it's dark outside, it's a different environment. When it's light outside, it's a different environment. Um, so what environment are you putting yourself into? Um, probably the most worldly change in my life because of an environment that I've changed. You guys might not think it's a big deal, but listening to rock music. Um, uh, I listen to Christian rock now, and some secular, um, but the my environment, I never liked rock music, but because my friends listened to it, I was like, ah, oh, you know what, let me listen to it, let me, you know, let me check it out. And, uh, and it ended up sticking with me. So in the environment that you're in now, what are you picking up from your friends? Um, and if you have worldly friends, what, what are you picking up from them? Could it be, you know, uh, certain jokes, you know, dirty language, um, you know, certain um, actions or, or things that you do in your life? Um, You know, as, as if you do have friends in the world, and even as just uh, believers, um, we should be unspotted from the world, as it says in uh, James, um, James 1, verse 27. And, you know, in the Old Testament, there was, lambs were used as sacrifice um, in place for sin, but only uh, clean animals, unspotted animals were used. And so when Jesus came down, he was a perfect sacrifice for us. He went to the cross and died for our sins. But as us walking in this world, we should try to be unspotted. And just as an unspotted lamb was used for sacrifice, and if we were spotted, how can the Lord use us to show his perfect salvation in this world? Um, you know, when you're, when you're hanging out with friends and you're, you're talking a certain way or doing certain things, um, you're representing Jesus Christ. And uh, if they know you're a Christian... If they don't know you're a Christian, then, then, okay, never mind. <laughs> but um, Christ was a, yeah, I already said that. Okay. All right, let's go into fellowship. Verse 7, it says, uh, actually back in verse 6, if we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Uh, fellowship in the in the regular dictionary, or there's only one regular dictionary, but there's another. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. Um, fellowship is a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Another definition, the same one, is a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. And then, so do you come together with certain friends to to be sinful? You know, to to crack jokes to do certain actions that you shouldn't be doing um, or, or involve in revelry. And um, revelry is lively and noisy festivities, especially when these involve drinking a large amount of alcohol. Um, you know, there's, you guys have, some of you are gonna go to college, you know, you, some of you might stay home. Uh, some of you already went to college and, and have um, experiences, but you know, there's a lot of drinking and partying in college, but you definitely have to set yourself aside from these things. Um, when you're hanging out with 
certain friends, are you supporting these things? Um, in 1 Corinthians 6, it talks about fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, cov uh, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. In 1 Timothy 1, liars, profane, unholy. Um, you know, people of this world, if you have friends of the world or know people, they practice probably one of these things. Um, and some, I've met people that aren't Christian that are great people, and they're super nice. I mean, I've met some people that are almost nicer than some Christians, you know, and that's kind of sad. But um, but most of them will have one of these um, one of these sins that they're doing, and are you supporting them in that? You know, I'm not saying that you don't have to have worldly friends, but if your heart's in the right place, if you're, if you want to be an example to them, if you want to witness to them, it's different than when you want to just hang out with them and involve yourself in their actions that they're doing. Um, you know, Warren Henderson said at the Reaching Higher conference that I just attended, he said, preach the gospel when necessary, use words. You know, so with, with our example, um, sometimes it speaks louder than when we're just telling someone, hey, you're a sinner, or hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be d doing that. You know, we're not there to judge someone because God has already judged them, but we're, we're there to be a witness to them, um, to see the difference in, our, in ourselves, to see us as a light in the world. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you a question. I want people to raise their hand. How many of you have friends? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, <laughs> this is good. If you don't have friends, raise your hand and we'll talk after. I'll be your friend. All right. So, all right. So, keep your hands up. Who has friends? All right. Who has Christian friends? All right. Good. Good job, Sam. Hold your hold your hands up. All right. Now, how many of you have worldly friends that you normally hang out with and share common interests in, or just hang out with? Okay. That's a good amount. That's more than I thought I would see. So I'm going to challenge you guys, all right, from just just talking to you and telling you. <laughs> kept his hand up for like five minutes. Um, I'm going to challenge you guys, and this is kind of kind of tough because I was in the same situation. I had really good friends um, that I spent probably every day with, um, and hours on end on the on the weekends, hours on end during the week. Um, my challenge to you is to remove one of these friends from your life. Not break communication because you still want to be the light in their life, but just to break the, the hangout without Christ being the center of that. Um, I looked back and... Um, I look back and, and the decisions that I made, you know, do I care about the, my friends that I, that I used to hang out with? Um, and they're they're mainly I, when I was a I was in a band like a, a like a indie rock band, whatever. We used to play at um, at like bars and we used to play at shows and parties and stuff like that. And and we spent so much time together. But right now, do I talk to them on like Facebook and stuff? Eh, here and there. But do they really care about me? They don't really care about me. They're like, okay, he was our friend. Friends come and go. And I spent so much time with them. Um, so I'm just telling you, the repercussions of breaking a friendship might not be as bad as you think. Um, if they know that you're Christian and you're doing it for Christian reasons, I think they would understand. But I guess you have to weigh out the situation. I'm not telling you exactly how it's going to go down, but um, that's just my, my challenge. Um, and removing these people in my life 
was was a big weight on my sinful shoulders to reach higher for Christ. Um, it takes time. It's not going to be instant. Uh, and this is talking to people who are struggling right now with worldly friends. Um, you know, and another thought, when we're unequally yoked, does everyone know what a yoke is? Not an egg yoke. Those are really good, though. Over medium. <laughs> All right. Well, the yoke is where they used to plow the fields, they used to put two bulls, and they used to have a plow. They almost looked like an anchor where it would separate the, the ground, and then you put little seeds and grows. You've seen it before? Well, <laughs> if you're unequally yoked with someone, and they're pulling you off to the side instead of the straight, narrow path that you're supposed to be going, um, behind you, the field is just horrible. How is anybody supposed to uh, sow the seed? And as yourself, if, if you're with an unbeliever and they're pulling you away from the Lord, and then in some situation you try to give them the gospel, and you try to sow that seed to them, it's not going to sit with them. I'm not saying that by God's grace it wouldn't, but most of the time it's not going to work. You know, if, if you're out, um, this happened to me once, and I'm going to confess it to you guys when I was younger. I think I was 21. We went to, we had a reunion, a small high school reunion, um, and we went to a uh, uh, alehouse. And so everyone having a beer here and there, whatever. And then we were sitting at a table, and I tried to give the gospel while I had a drink in my hand. How does that work? Do you think the seed was sown? I don't think so. Do those people still live in sin? Maybe even worse. Um, so that was just a, a big mistake that I look back and realize that um, we have to live a life um, that's right in God's eyes, but in other people's eyes too. Um, Let's go to verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, if we have been saved by his son through his blood, we have sweet fellowship with one another as Christians. And now this is more geared towards us as believers. Um, so why should we engage in fellowship with one another as a congregation and outside of meetings of church. Can anyone tell me? Good, good one. Why should we should fellowship? Wow. Mm, that's a good one. It's encouraging, right? You encourage each other where you can talk to each other about stuff that you're learning and, and interpretations that different people see in the Bible. Um, I'm gonna go through about six of them you know, uh, the first one is we're instructed to. Hebrews 10.25 talks about that. You know, we are all part of God's family and one in the body of Christ. And Romans 10.5 uh, speaks of that. And we all need each other to function properly as of the house, as, as of a house where Christ is a chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2.19 um, where some people are walls, some people are windows, some people are doors, symbolically. I don't know how that applies, but the verse um, uses that as Christ is a chief cornerstone and the foundation. And we all need encouragement, especially during difficult times in our walk. Somebody want to read John 3.29? You're a quick one, Jay. You got it? Uh, oh, actually, check this out. So the other day, JJ was reading his Bible, and he's like, you should listen to this. And he told me, and it fits right into place with this message. So go ahead and read it.
All right. So the bridegroom is Christ, and we are the bride. Actually, let me turn there. It'll be easier to look at the verse. All right, this was really interesting when he, when he told me, and I was like, man, this is good stuff. Um, he who has a bride is a bridegroom. And then the bride is us, but it represents the church. So he who has a church, wait, hold on, has the bride, is the bridegroom. <laughs> All right, we'll skip that. that. That's a tough verse, man. I, I, I thought, well, just from when he told me, it was like, if we have each other um, and we listen to God's word, it, it helps us, um, th- there's a joy when we talk to each other and we listen to God's word, especially on Sunday. If we listen to the bridegroom, which is through his word, that was my interpretation, might not be right. We'll talk later. <laughs> All right. Fellowship uh, provides accountability. This is a big one. Uh, when we decide to live a Christian life on our own, we easily open the door to, do, uh, to doing things we shouldn't do or entertain ideas that uh, can hurt us spiritually. Good Christian friends will warn us when they see these things, but if we don't have these friends, we won't hear the warnings. Um, I had a friend. We used to skimboard together. If you guys know what skimboarding is, take it up. It's fun. Um, we used to skimboard together. We used to spend a lot of time ever since high school. And uh, if some of you know Red John, his name is Red because there's three Johns, and we call them White John, Red John, and Brown John, and they're all from different parts of the world. And they all lived in the same house, so I had to give him a, col- a color coordination. And he had red hair, freckles, so he was Red John, essentially. So he, his jokes were very naughty, and I picked up on that. A lot of my jokes were very, not vulgar, but just naughty, you know, like, like the whole... Uh, just that end of the spectrum of jokes. And so I picked up on that a lot. And when I started hanging out with Matt and a few other people, he kept me in check. He's like, bro, that's not that funny, you know? Or, hey, that's, that's a little inappropriate, you know? And, and slowly learning. I, <laughs> it's true, right? And it's like, sometimes I'd be like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, yeah. But you just slowly learn that these things aren't, aren't right. They're, they're, not, they're not holy, they're not pure, they're not edifying, you know? And then that's accountability is a big thing and I think that that's one thing that's that's big especially um, with with the whole you know what comes out of our mouth you know our actions in the sense of coming to church um, being faithful people to the assembly that you're in um, number five is that we need to get away from the negative influences of this world um, this shows spiritual maturity to put away worldly influences and friends and remember my challenge um, if you can just separate yourself from one friend or all your worldly friends. Um, but if you are there with pure heart, um, with holiness in mind and Christ in mind, um, keep on. Verse 6, we need opportunity to share struggles and joys. Like JJ, joy of the word. He told me, man, I learned this. I read this last night. It was amazing. Um, and, and that's something that we can all encourage each other to do. Also, our struggles in our life and our family uh, in situations that we have, um, I, uh, I've, been, I've been through a lot, you know, talk to people a lot, and it's good to open up to people. It's not good to bottle stuff in. If you have a friend, a confidant, talk to them. Um, and then if they have spiritual sound wisdom, yeah, if, if they have other kind of wisdom, I'd be, uh, I'd be weary of that. All right, so we're going to skip verse 8. We're going to go to verse 10 and then switch to verse 9. 
Alright. Let me head back here. So verse 10 says, If we say then, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, in verse 9, it says that we need to acknowledge that we are all st still sinners. Even if we are Christians walking with Christ, we all can still sin, even in our saved state. And then in verse 10, therefore, we need to confess our sins to Christ. Um, and this is a promise of God that he will forgive us because he is faithful, as it says in verse 9. And, you know, even though we are faithless, he remains faithful, First Timothy 2, 13, uh, 2 Timothy 2.13. And in 1 Corinthians 1, 1.9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were elected, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so he, he will always be there for you. But it's you that have to come to him to confess your sin, not to abuse his grace, but to come to him when you're, um, you're falling. And um, so in conclusion, I went a little bit over. But remember to press on to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, as you, you have done with us today, our brothers from another assembly. I'll say another mother, but it's not. <laughs> pretty much, I mean. But... Um, and then, <laughs> remove unholy distractions from your life. Walk in the light rather than darkness. Don't put yourself in a, in a, in a dark environment or, or in, in an evil environment, essentially, um, and try to walk in the light with Christ. And this is a verse that really has helped me through a lot of the growing stages since I rededicated my life to the Lord. And it's Philippians 4, 8. And everything, well, sorry, in everything that we do, Try to use this first to kind of put to practice and think what we're what we're doing. Whether it be, um, I'm telling myself this too, even with movies, with music, with friends, with um, uh, things that might be a gray area in our walk with the Lord. But it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, things, think on these things. So that's a good verse kind of to, to go by as you're growing spiritually in the Lord and focusing on what's right in the eyes of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Lord and Savior, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this time of fellowship, one with another, that we can come together, play some games. Um, learn each other's names, and um, just uh, having a good time of fellowship, Lord. We thank you for this word. I pray that um, we all go home with this in mind, Lord, and that we kind of focus on what we're doing for you and what we're doing. Um, anything that's hurting us spiritually and hindering other people to know you more, Lord, I pray that um, that we may focus on you um, a little more, read your word a little more, because there's always more room for that, for us to be um, disciplined in our time, disciplined with our mouths, disciplined with our minds and our hearts. And I pray that um, 
that your salvation shows through us that we are the light of this world. Um, we thank you again for, for this night um, come together. Uh, we thank you for the food and snacks that we have to bless it to our bodies and pray that the rest of the night glorifies you. Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen.